0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Missionary Micro Stories podcast, where missionaries come on and tell us authentic stories that they love. And I know that you will, too. It's six questions in about nine-ish minutes, because we all know that without a timeline, missionaries tend to get awfully long-winded. And so this morning, I'm excited to um, meet for the first time and be with our guest, Brother Dan Brown. Thanks for being here, Brother.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Well, exciting. I'm excited to meet you. And so, we'll dive right in with question one, and please just tell us a little bit about you and your family and your field.
1: Well, as uh, Josh said, my name is Daniel Brown, and I and my wife, Dina, and our three children, Micah, Kaylee, and Toby, serve as church planters in Europe, in the four-country region of the Southern Rhine Valley. So, that's basically what we're doing.
0: Awesome. And how long have you guys been there for? Uh,
1: We have been in Germany now uh, seven years. Uh, We're in the current location uh, just uh, over four years in our current location.
0: That's great. Praise the Lord. I'm glad to hear about that. Um, Then question two for you guys. What's one of the, maybe one of the better or your favorite aspects uh, of missions that you guys really enjoy?
1: Um, well, that that's based on time and context, uh, but uh, I can say uh, generally, the best thing about being a missionary, in my opinion, is seeing the the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ change lives and families and communities, and also watching the underlying principles of the Book of Acts in the New Testament take form right before our eyes as those individuals uh, those believers are formed into churches local bodies it's it's an amazing thing when you sit back and see all that
0: it really is it's it's so uh, not to be powerful or use the word in a cliche way but or not to be cliche I mean but it's so powerful to see the principles from 2,000 years ago still working and being applicable in today's world, you know whether you're in a modern mechanized country or not. And so I really appreciate that answer, just the way that you worded it. I appreciate it, thank you. So so question three then, for you guys, what's maybe one of the more difficult aspects or harder aspect of being in missions?
1: Um, Now, if you were to ask my wife the same question, you might get a different answer. And if you were to ask me, 10 days from now you might also get another answer but again within this context uh, i think distinguishing between that which is cultural christianity and that which is purely biblical christianity um, i'm constantly being confronted with issues within the church that we've planted that challenge me to run back to the word of god to determine what what is really the basis for my stance or my belief on this issue is it really what the word of god says or what I've just always learned. So that's a, that's a challenge that I'm, yeah, that's, that's a big challenge.
0: Certainly. Yeah. And uh, I appreciate your, your honesty in that answer. So thank you for sharing. I appreciate it. No um, question four then, do you have any missionaries that you say they've got to be on this podcast and share their story with us?
1: Absolutely. Um, there's uh Young man, uh, his family, I say young, my age, I think I'm young. Corey Meyer, uh, they're in Spain. And uh, he's a, they're doing a great job over there. And uh, I really appreciate him. He's an encourager. And then um, also the Ray family, Neil Ray in China. And mm-hmm. uh, they're also doing a, a great job. And, and so the, they would be two that I would recommend and be happy to pass their information on to you to get get in touch with them. Yes, please, let's
0: do that. I hope to be able to contact them and have them on. That would be great, so thank you. All right. All right, question five, kind of the big one that everybody is waiting for is, go ahead and take three to five minutes and just tell us a story that you love about your time in missions. Okay, well, um, our, our missionary
1: story started back in Bible college, where I was in Bible college uh, for youth ministries and I met my wife to be Dina, who had a heart for world missions and God used her to kind of really influence me that way. And Dina always wanted to go to Africa. She wanted to go to Cote d'Ivoire, the Ivory Coast and start an orphanage and work with the children there and be a a missionary. And um, after we got married, uh, we both wanted to be involved in church planting somewhere and of course she was always leaning towards Africa and God began to burn my heart for the the Muslim nations of the world but more in the in the Middle East and um, yeah we uh, we prayed about it and worked in the ministry for a while and then all of a sudden we sensed God was leading us to Europe to Liechtenstein which is uh, not I don't think this is unpolite but just a bunch of rich white people and uh we said why in the world would god lead us there and so we we raised the funds and we we knew god was leading us there and we got to germany to learn the language and while we were in germany it's 2006 i'm sorry 2013 in language school Uh, that was right at the beginning of the syrian conflict and Mm. uh germany became flooded with Arabic Muslims from Syria and Iraq. And we began to to be in the same class as them. And so that that I was confronted with uh, these people that I was burdened for, for a long time. And that also at the same time, uh, Boko Haram was beginning or causing trouble in Nigeria, Africa and there were other African nations and just this huge influx of refugees were coming into Europe, specifically to Germany. And so that was language school. Fast forward a couple of years, we're out of language school. We moved down to this area right on the southern border of of Germany and Austria. And we move into our new house. Um, Don't know anybody here. And thinking we're going to be driving to Liechtenstein once every week or several times a week. And it's an hour. And the first weekend after we move in, we go to a flea market. And I meet a young man from Cameroon, Africa, and he's interested in studying the Bible and come to find out he's a refugee. And long story short, those, uh, this handful of refugees, I began to meet with them on once a week and then twice a week and then Sundays. And within about five weeks of us moving in, we're having regular church services with a a group of refugees. Our ministry here. Uh, if you come now, you see a church that's been planted that is a, a international church. There's several German families. or several people from all over the world. But it was actually started with refugees who went out and reached the Germans. So refugee people who either got saved, Africans that got saved or were already believers and had been discipled, they went out and reached out. And then the church was formed uh, of course, there's a lot into the into the story, but that's that's the coolest thing ever. And we see then God had that all planned. He put on my heart the Arabic Muslims. Yeah. He put on Dina's heart the Africans, and we never knew. And so we're very thankful for that.
0: Yeah, I'm sure somebody has said this before, but it it, it reminds me so much of Esther for such a time as this. Like, why in the exactly. world would we do this? Um, Man, how fascinating. And so that's been going, um, I'm sorry, you said it, I, I missed it or I've forgotten. How many years now has that been that the church well, has been?
1: We moved here four years ago, and that started okay. pretty much right when we moved. Officially, the church is uh, three years. We, we met for a year before actually starting mm-hmm. the church officially, but um, ever since we've been here, the, the work's been going on. So,
0: yeah. That's fantastic. And... So now, I mean, I know that the Syrian refugee, or the the Syrian crisis, I know that was, especially in Europe, that was a a big thing. What's the situation there in your area like now still? Is it still an influx or just the same refugees and they've kind of settled? Like, how's that looking?
1: Uh, Well, most of them have settled. There are still some coming in, but um, it it has been an interesting change. Uh, Most of the uh, Syrian, Iraqi refugees that have come in have, have acclimated. They've also been more readily accepted by the German government. They've received their asylum. Um, a lot of the, Ni- the Nigerian, Gambian, Cameroon refugees uh, are still waiting for a decision. And they're finding it, in my opinion, much more different, difficult to acclimate. Um, there are major cultural reasons behind that. Uh, but that being said, even within our church, there are, there are very faithful people from Nigeria, for example, uh, who are refugees, and really are the are the backbone of the church, um, which is really unbelievable if you know German culture um, that that it that it functions. And I don't know
0: how it functions; it's, it's God. So, wow. well, Amen, brother. I'm so excited to hear that story. Thanks for sharing with us. It's encouraging. Amen. All right, well, as we kind of wrap up and, and go to the end, um, if, we'll try to end on a little bit of a, a different note, but um, question six, do you have any cultural or language blunders that you are willing to share with all of the internet? <laughs> I, there are some that uh,
1: I, don't, I don't know that it would be appropriate to share the blunders, but they're coming into Germany. There are, from coming from the United States to, to Germany, there's there's there are no major cultural differences it's just a million tiny ones that drive you crazy mm-hmm. and uh for instance going shopping um where i come from in michigan where my wife comes from especially in tennessee uh if you come through the checkout line you just talk you say how's it going and you you're it's a it's a mostly a nice experience uh we got here and the first time we went out shopping it was just major culture shock for for all of us because we're going through the line and if you go through an aldi or a, a grocery store line they don't stop and they they will take all your groceries and they'll scan it as fast as they can and if it falls on the floor uh that's your fault and so but uh, that was a cultural shock uh and we had some blunders that went along with it but I remember the day where my when my wife was texting everybody in the family that that she made it through the Aldi checkout line all by herself uh, <laughs> it was a big it was a big uh, a big deal to us so yeah. anyway I think that's that's appropriate for the for the podcast.
0: <laughs> yeah I hear you what's saying so, no it's great it's such a huge insight to see even grocery shopping is Completely different in, in places in the world, so thank you for sharing Absolutely. that with us. Yeah, well, um, if people want to continue to follow your story, what's the best way that people can follow you?
1: Well, we're um, they can they can reach us if they'd like to be added to our newsletter, uh, they can reach us at our email address um, mm-hmm. that is Life Insights, uh, it's kind of long Life Insights L I F E. I N S I G H T S P B C at gmail.com. Life insights P B C at gmail.com. And if they'll contact us, we can add them to our prayer letter. Uh, We're not Facebookers. We're not Twits or whatever Twitter people are. (laughs) And uh, so that's the best way to follow us.
0: All right. Well, we'll have that in the description box below so that everybody can keep up with you guys. All right. Um, Brother Brown, thank you for taking the time to be on here. I know it's late where you're at, so thank you for for staying up and soldiering on to be on the podcast. I appreciate it.
1: It's an honor. Thank you so much, Josh, for the invitation.
0: My pleasure as well. So, all right. For those of you that have joined in today, this has been Josh Wegar with Brother Dan Brown, and you've been listening to the Missionary Micro Stories podcast. Thanks for joining.